Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Babe. Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us uh, once again today, we have our special guest from Astonishing Legends. It's Scott and Forrest. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, everybody. Good. We're all we're all back. We made it another day, and today we're excited to talk about minute eighty three. Sean, give me that song. All right, I'm ready this time. So, in minute eighty three, Phil has to run, run to catch some of his errands, like the kid falling out of the tree and fix a flat for some golden gals in the town square. So, this is in the uh, in the director's commentary. Ramus calls this the Superman section that yes! Phil is, is trying ah. to do everything. And, and yeah, you referenced it. I think it was last minute uh, talking about save the world that, yeah, this is Phil trying to do um, everything he possibly can help as many people as possible. in one day try to be there for, for everyone. And it, it's interesting. It was interesting for me. Ramus touches on something in the commentary. Um, he says, if you were Superman, how could you justify just hanging out with Lois Lane when there was so much you could be doing. Yeah. That's yeah. A good point. So this is why Phil is not going to go have coffee with Rita because he's got to save the world. Yeah. He's got to go save uh, Valley, Valerie Perrine's mother and be <laughs> Superman one reference there uh, before he's got to divert that missile, uh, but the other one's going to hit. So, you know, he, he can't be, he can't be by locating. He's got to be in uh, only one place at a time. I, and and I, I love it how, you know, she asks, you know, what errands you have in town. Because, you know, obviously they've just been here for just one evening so far. Yeah. But, I mean, in her mind, I guess, because we usually the excuse we, we, we have Rita and Larry say is every time Phil's got to do something, say, well, aren't we leaving? Because you came into town, you're crotchety, and you said you wanted nothing better to do than to record and get out. But since he's been so nice, clearly I think they're like, oh, he, he wants to stay in town. I'm like, good, we'll, we'll stay in town now. So I guess Rita's like, oh, we'll have coffee and we'll talk about what other like shoots we want to do and anything mm-hmm. else we want to do in town. And, oh, I heard there's going to be a groundhog ball this evening. So I'm guessing that's what the most of the coffee is going to be about. Yeah, because she uh, early on, I think, says that, you know, she had plans to get some human interest pieces. Um, you know, she has bigger producing plans and, you know, so it'd be good practice for her in a calm setting, uh, you know, where there's already an activity going on. So, um, you know, that and she wants to get to know him better because she's she's now intrigued uh, by him, you know, uh, as more than just a, a TV you know, <laughs> hack and, uh, and kind of a jerk. He's he's now much more appealing. So yeah, I, it's 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 funny. The sense that I got was that that's you're right. I think that might be an ulterior motive for her is to maybe talk about other things they could be shooting or what they want to do while they're, they're there on an, an extended day. Uh, but it's also really to get to know uh, to get to know him. Yes. It's it's a, it's it's a shame that we never see Rita and Larry ever record anything else, though, because if you know right, all the times right. where when Phil says like, "Oh no, I'm not going to X Y Z. I'm going to sit here and eat all the donuts, or <laughs> I'm going to learn to play the piano." Like you think Rita and Larry would be like, "Oh oh oh, I heard there's an ice sculpting contest uh, down the street at the town square. Let's go there." And like you would think that the one the one time 
you would actually feel like Rhea would say, Larry, get the, get the camera. <laughs> right. Record this. Phil's, Phil's doing an angel sculpture right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, that's, you know, movie things that slip up in movies where it's not uh, maybe totally logistical or logical, but uh, <laughs> but works with the story. Yeah. He's doing all these amazing things, yet they're not they're not recording. Yeah, that, that's like funny because one of the things we've been wondering or, or Dave uh, uh, occasionally brings up is as we're following Phil and even when we see that the couple times that Phil spends the day with Rita is like, what's Larry doing? Like, we don't really see a lot of Larry all day. And then the one time, we, you know, and, and there's the talk of, well, is he getting like, you know, this be real or, you know, local flavor of Punxsutawney. And yeah, then the one time we see him other than the morning or late at night is we do see him while Phil's doing the ice sculpture and the camera's nowhere in sight. Like he isn't like, like maybe you want to get this. Like maybe this would they could use this. Here's your your local weatherman. You know, carving ice sculptures for for Groundhog Day. Like you know, yeah, maybe you should be pointing the camera at something yeah. there, Larry. Because yeah. in Larry's mind, no one's going to believe him. Even if Rita comes to the fence, it's like you're the new producer. You're just trying to be nice. Like nobody believes you that Phil was cutting ice. I, I had the oh no, I didn't record it. Like it's like yeah. it cuts the it cuts the camera, the battery already in the van. He's like oh no. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, you know I was gonna say uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, you know the past jobs I've had uh, because I used to work on. Um, uh, you know, different corporate me- corporate media and events where you, uh, you you fly into a town or you drive in somewhere and you have a shoot to do or, you know, there's an event. And so, you know, you have a crew hotel and, uh, you know, you, co- you know, you try and arrive early. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you can and not have to rush around and, and grab everything. But. Uh, most of the time you'll see with other crew members um, and it's, you know, it's producers, directors and, and things like that, where you you first go check into the hotel, you drop off your stuff. Uh, and if there's nothing going on, then the next event really is dinner. You know, be like, OK, we're going to, you know, meet back here at eight. We're going to have we're going to have dinner, uh, discuss what we're going to shoot the next day. And some people um you may not want to make that it's it, then it comes down to like personal preference of like, no, I'll just see you guys at 6 a.m. tomorrow. I, I, don't, I don't need to see you for dinner. I'm going to have room service. I I it's, it's, sometimes it's not totally unfriendly. It's just like, no, no, no. I, I just like to chill. I don't want to hang out. I don't want I don't want to go get drinks. I'll just see you tomorrow uh, at the location and uh, we'll we'll start working. And then some people, yeah, it's uh, you, you, you know, if you have time, you'll go explore around the town and go do different things before dinner or um, whatever it is. You kind of want to join in. And then usually they're so grueling by the end of it. It's like, you know, I'll just see you. I'll see you at the airport. I, like, I don't I don't I don't want to go the next day to the fun shop. I don't want to go see the local you know, ball of twine. Um, we're all sick of each other. So it's just, I, there's a lot of truth that. in that. Yeah. I've seen the Cocker City, Nebraska. World's biggest <laughs> oh, that's ball right. You've been, been, yeah, you you made it. He has seen the world's largest ball of twine. 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 <laughs> exactly. So yeah, anyway, that's, uh, that it, 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 uh, it rang true a lot, you know, at the very beginning of the movie where, you know, she's saying, well, you know, Larry and I are going to go get dinner. You want to join us? And he's like, no, <laughs> just, you know, I'm going to go read a men's <laughs> magazine in the tub and drink a scotch. <laughs> and that's, that's all he wants to do. 
you know, and occasionally when there's uh, sometimes a, you know, not a big celebrity, uh, but somebody who's like the on camera talent, depending on who it is, sometimes they don't want to hang out. So that made it, it, yeah. So I was, you know, it rang true uh, a little bit there. Now we don't really know like what because I, I mean it's, it's impossible to try and figure out, and I'm I'm sure one of our one of our uh, our uh, our listeners may figure out better uh, using the streets because this is obviously filmed in uh, Woodstock, Illinois. So yeah, that's right. You, yeah, and you could it's like it's not right to really compare that city to this to this Punxsutawney, but. <laughs> Let's assume that yeah. you know he had to run several blocks to catch this kid. You would think that he would he had gotten enough goodwill with somebody that he could have bummed a ride. Oh, I need you to drop me off. <laughs> I need you to drop me off three blocks west of here. Why? I just I just got to be there in like about two minutes and just really help me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like just to speed up things to get more things done. Like hey, can you, hey, hey, yeah, it's me. Yeah, I, I was over. A couple of, hey, could you drive me over here? I got. Yeah. Do something. Maybe in the morning he should go like invest in a Vespa or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, well, it is. It is winter. Yeah. It's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. But but no, it's funny how he's mm-hmm. he's he's got the day down to well certainly like when he's at different locations like in the diner he knows you know in ten seconds this is going to happen. In 10 seconds, Larry's going to walk in and he's going to ask us to go back to town. So he checks his watch. He knows the time, of course, when the kid falls out. And that may have taken several days, you know, to <laughs> yeah. to realize that. <laughs> yeah, it, it would suck to, yeah, to be there, to be there yeah. 10 seconds late. I'm really sorry about your leg. I'll remember this. Yeah, the kid's screaming in pain. He's like, Ugh, well, uh, it's going to have to wait till tomorrow. Well, no, he can just fold over to his knowledge of how to set a broken bone. Yeah. There you, oh, there you go. <laughs> just stay right there, kid. Just bite bite hard. It's going to hurt. <laughs> I'll, I'll reset it for you. But I'll, I'll admit, like, okay, I'm a child. I'm climbing up a tree because I don't know. I don't I don't want to, but this kid wanted to. Because it... But but there's definitely yeah there's definitely planks on the <laughs> on the tree. So I was thinking he, oh. he didn't look like he didn't have yeah. a, a treehouse because it's out front. So I don't know if he's trying to peep at Tom on some some somebody in their window. Yes, yeah, so this is now the beginning of Back to the Future where uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, you went you went to the dark uh, the dark answer. Well, because I I, mean, like, I think of uh, was it George in Back to the Future? What? Yeah, George is spying on Lori. So wait, is this? He's like. Oh my dad's a prover. Yeah. Is this Phil's father climbing the tree here and that's why he saves him? <laughs> ah. <laughs> I just I feel like that's why the kid doesn't want to say thank you because it's like it's like I, he had a pang of guilt. He was spying on the, the girl he has a crush on across the street yeah. <laughs> in her room. He falls, and so he's like, and then you know, when his leg's broken, he's gotta be like, oh, I I climbed a tree. I saw a cat up there. I had a, I had to save a, a cat, and, and so he doesn't want anyone once he doesn't want anyone to know that he's doing this. So when all of a sudden a grown man catches him immediately, it's kind of a it's jarring to say, "What do you say? What do you say?" I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. And then he just runs. Kids like well, 
he's clearly a little perv if he took the time to like put all these elaborate stairs on the on the tree there. The oh. yeah, there is a, to his defense, there is a. I think there's a, a wooden uh, uh, little a, f- a few wooden planks there up in the tree that he's he's probably sitting in. So, <laughs> but who knows? That's uh, you know. That's all I had as a kid is I, I we did have a uh, not a full tree fort, but uh, we made uh, little platforms you could sit up there. And, there are uh, no planks. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. There's no planks. Th- oh, nothing. There's just a ladder. And oh, it's OK. Yes. Right. But so he, yeah. he perches up. He, gets, he, must, he must get. Yeah, he must sit on some of these branches and then he peeps on Cindy next yeah. door, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting, and then you wonder, uh, because, oh, the other thing is Phil, you know, rubs his back, his own back, not the kid's back, but but he's, but he's stooped over. It's like, how, you know, how many times have I had to catch this kid, and right. now yeah. my back is um, is sore, but in the logic of the movie, you know, even after he tries to kill himself, there's no, not a dent in the fender, as he says, but it's just he's had to repeat that a bunch of times, and yeah. um, and I, I kind of uh, went over this in minute 82, but what I found to be really interesting looking in the big picture, and again, if you want to get kind of spiritual uh, in a reincarnation sense, is that um, he's starting to realize he's he's maybe he's get he's finally getting it right uh, that, you know, what he tells the kid, it's like we, we say thank you. We uh, we're grateful to people, uh, you know, and he's a kid. He's not going to get this. But one day he will. And and that's why he's saying it to him, uh, because he's starting to get it. He's starting to realize, like, you, you do it, um, you, you help people just to be uh, just to be a decent person. And if you do that enough, now he's starting to wonder, maybe I I won't have to come back. And that is a uh, that's one of the theories, I guess, or, or parts of the practice, I guess, of uh, reincarnation or uh, Zen Buddhism, that if you if you perfect your life, uh then you get to go on to a higher level and you don't have to keep coming back to the, uh, the, uh, the muck and the pain of this, of this world of ours. <laughs> well, I blew everyone away with my deep spirituality. <laughs> got Deepak oh, Chopra like, on you. My next, my, my next note, you, you, you high road me so well with the philosophy. <laughs> my next note is like, I mean, this sounds like Danny Elfman music. You're like, what does what does that mean? <laughs> In comparison to the Buddhist thought. It's like, yeah, doesn't this sound like Batman? Like, uh, I, I mean, I got nothing on that. Just... <laughs> exactly. Although I do like Danny Elfman as a composer, so. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's, you know, that's the uh, that's one of the great things about I, this film, I think, and why people identified with it so much is that it, it's funny. I mean, it, it's uh, it was strange seeing it. Jeez, uh, I don't know. Maybe I hadn't seen it in 15 years or so um, all the way through. And then having recently watched it, it's like it, it changed a little. It was um, I, it was still funny, but it not, you know, not overall. I, of course, being older and more philosophical, you start to see, the, you know, the, the, the deeper, bigger picture. And it's a really nice message, uh, you know, and, and that comes through and it's it makes it more than a screwball comedy. Um, you know, it's it's got a message to it and uh, it's it's worth it's worth it for all of us to keep in mind and remember. And so um, it's, it turns out to be a much bigger and better picture than, than what it probably would have been for the early nineties <laughs> you know, and most of the goofy comedies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I find it interesting in particular, the, the kind of good works or the good deeds that Phil is doing, especially 
this this particular minute because we we saw a couple minutes ago he's trying to save a life you know kind of like the the best good deed the, the goodest of good deeds if you could save a life and he was ultimately unsuccessful in that and what we're seeing here is really kind of small things uh, as Dave alluded to we we saw this kid in the hospital back in minute eighty. So we know, I think it looked like he had a cat. I think we see a cast on his leg. So the, the kid breaks his leg. I mean, it seems like it's a, a pretty serious injury, but he doesn't die. The, the kid is going to survive this fall if, if Phil doesn't make it here. And then the second part of this minute is he's changing a tire. And it's not like, well, these, you know, these women are, are stranded on the side of the interstate or anything. They're right in the heart of downtown. You know, they're not going to get they're not going to yeah. freeze to death in the blizzard because they got a flat tire right in front of the right. the Pennsylvania hotel. I mean, even if they're not from around here, they can, you know, get a hot meal and 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 have a bed to sleep in, you know, if, if the car never goes anywhere again. So he's doing relatively inconsequential things, especially when you put them next to the 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 mortality we saw just a few minutes ago, but they're still Right. I think it's part, you know, the message is um, you know, it's it, it's the doing. It's the do doing it, do of it. something, the doing for others. And the there isn't kind of a scorecard in terms of the the magnitude of the thing that you're doing. That oh, you know, yeah, change yeah, yeah. Changing right. a tire yeah. usually isn't life or death, and it certainly isn't in this situation, but you know, it's it's helping out. You know, this is the days before cell phones. It's not like they can call the the motor club. Um, right. You know, although- right. <laughs> the motor club, yes. <laughs> that's, what, that's what she's. Yes, the uh, the lady in the uh, the back seat. Right, that's what yeah. she said from the automobile club. <laughs> from the automobile club. No, that's yeah. that's. I think you're right on point there, and I think it also made me think if you if you're going to go to the logic of the movie, that there's so many things he could be running around town doing, helping people. Uh, that he's trying different things with each day that uh, recurs. Uh, that's recurring for him, he is maybe trying out different helpful mm-hmm. deeds because, you know, he says, well, I, I had the jack, I had the tire, uh, you know, just just be comfortable. Yeah. be comfortable, relax, I got this. Yeah, be comfortable. Is that, see, so he's got, what, 50 things to do that day? He can't possibly do them all. So he's trying different good deeds uh, on different days. At least that's the, the sense I got. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, it, something to ponder is how does he pick which things he's going to do? Who is he going to help? Yeah, what exactly. You, how much can you cram into to one day? I, that's, I, I know I brought this up earlier, but it's, but now, but I think I, when I did it then, I think I did it in a, when he was being selfish and how many mm-hmm. things he could do for selfish reasons. Now it's, it's the, it's the salesman math problem, but from a selfless point of view, whereas you know, if you were a salesman and you have all these locations you have to hit, it's like it's an almost uh, it's an irrational, I think, number of like, what is the best path? Because there's so many options or it'd be millions and multitudes of different options. So, yeah, you're right. He must have to sit there and have to like we call it like trial and error hard do the numbers. You have to get a map and by memorization. Remember, he falls out of the tree here at X, Y, Z time. They get a flat tire at X, Y, Z time. Buster chokes on food at X, Y, Z time. And he has yeah. to like constantly be drawing arrows and then counting how long it gets. You know what this reminds me of? 
Edge of Tomorrow. Ah, that's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly what you're describing right there. <laughs> Which is the, honestly, is the best Groundhog Day spiritual sequel I've yeah. seen in, in, in modern Yeah, media. it's pretty amazing. So, and that's what it is. It's it's hardline trial and error. He has to actually count it out, probably, to realize I have to be here and here. And then, yeah, he goes all the way out to the suburbs <laughs> to catch the kid. Then he's got to get a car <laughs> to take him back into town. to get. The, and then he has to, like, sneak into the... The club, motor club, or he just rents it. He goes here. Uh, here's a thousand dollars. Can I get the tire and I kind of borrow the jack for a minute? I'm like uh, okay. And just the guys at like the gas station are like, uh, all right, fine. And then he just runs over. Bam, bam. Then his tire brings it right back, and he's got to go to the, the next thing. He's just busy all day. And meanwhile, like Rita, yeah, he's, he also he had. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say he had to go out and buy a tire that fits a Dodge Dart, which is yes. That was a very popular. Yeah. <laughs> That was a very popular model. Uh, what well, wasn't he just putting the spare on? Yes. I mean, he oh, not the it. spare. No, no. He, he's not well, mounting and balance. I don't know. I thought he said uh, when I took the notes here that he just had the tire. Uh, he goes, "I had the jack. I had the tire." Right. Because um, I don't know how you mount a tire in the field. Just, I mean, but that's just. I mean, I do know how you, you can use that aerosol no. can in the match trick or whatever, but um. uh, <laughs> I wouldn't try that. No, uh, but no, he had to get it. Yeah, he had to get a floor jack or whatever he's using, and he just had it. So yeah, that speaks to him uh, setting up uh, at least for this good deed to already have that going. Another uh, for wheel a vintage and car. tire. I'm just you know, as a car guy, I'm just saying here. Yeah, he's got. Well, no, he that's what I'm saying. He had the he had the t- wheel. Yeah, he, Oh, With you're saying, yeah, right. Yeah, he, yeah, it's got, yeah that, they're not too uh, hard to yeah, get. So, yeah, he's got the whole the whole assembly. And it look, we don't really get a great look at it, but it doesn't look like it's not one of those little, you know, tiny spares. No, no, the temporary spares. Not a temporary spare. Yeah. 68 or a 72 guard or swinger or something. They didn't have those back then. So it would have yeah. had yeah, a that's full a, that's size. A, yeah, that's a dodge dart. It would have had a yeah. full-size spare in the trunk, though. But he doesn't like right. But you don't see, uh, yeah, you don't see him lifting up, opening the trunk. He just, and that's the gag of it is that the ladies think yeah. oh, it's an earthquake, and it, the car's just wildly bobbing up and yeah, down, and just... that's that's part of the funny gag. But he's, it's not like he opened their trunk and got the spare out. Well, no, and we're doing, you know, my wife is a, a television and film writer, and we're doing what, <laughs> we're doing what she calls logic police. It's like oh, oh now, now we're calling, calling the logic yeah. police on Groundhog Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, there has to be there. Yeah. There has to be some because it's it's a uh, that's the premise of this movie is that you have to buy into uh, the logic, uh, which and then also like in film school, you call it uh, suspension of disbelief, where it's like you let you have to let a few things go, but they can't be too many because uh, then you start to lose the audience. So you have to you have to capture them with a premise that he's running around doing these things and that somehow, yeah, you, he went and bought a tire <laughs> with a wheel and and he's got a floor jack and he just runs up and and starts uh, yeah, you know meets him at the thing. exact that's, space that's like a 100 and, or at least 80 to 100 pound hydraulic jack right. for the record with yeah. the little metal wheels on it <laughs> he's like you he's can't running exactly up to quietly one. approach with this and you certainly can't carry it you got to wheel it down the street i mean you can carry it if you're a big buff dude but i don't know yeah. Bill. but he he no he was he was waiting right there he knew they were going to break down <laughs> well, maybe and, he's uh, doing like a hiker who plans ahead he's he's hidden the jack in the bushes with a tire oh he's yeah. cashed it yeah he's that's what i assume because okay. where, where are you going to find a white <laughs> yeah, no. ball I mean, not only does he have the the yeah. you know the, yeah. the tire and hub and everything for a '68 <laughs> yeah. Dodge Dart, but it right, if you notice right. he actually matches it. He's got the white wall to uh, <laughs> to match with the guy yeah. there. So. Yeah, there you go. That's you know that that happens in uh, movies where you have um, uh, you know you have different departments. I had friends that were uh, prop 
uh, you know, prop masters and you, you know, something like that. You, of course, uh, you know, there's a transportation guy. There's a guy who's in charge of all the hero vehicles, which are the ones that end up, you know, prominently on camera. And uh, sometimes the, um, you know, like uh, like with props, you get a bunch of them. Uh, several models because you know the director's going to go like nah I don't like that one nah you know use the white wall it's like well it doesn't make any sense well just use it anyway I like the look of it and and so mm-hmm. you have several options going and ready to go in case uh, you know because every minute ticking is like a you know ten thousand dollars so you you have to be ready to go with a bunch of different options and and uh, sometimes they don't all make sense I guess is what I'm saying you just you know well the other thing is in all of these shots except for the very first one the car is not getting any higher. It's just vibrating violently. It's just it's just bouncing up and down, which is that's also part of the gag. Oh, no, it's the, uh, you know, it's 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 again it's excitable <laughs> old ladies. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know they're all a fluster. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. So uh, you know, and then uh, uh, and then just the age difference because they called him. You know, thank you, young man. No, I love that. And, I'm glad uh, you can have a yeah. widow's peak and still be a young man. Yeah, that's what I say to them. Now, now you're talking about suspension yeah. of disbelief here. So if Phil is, yeah, you know, all knowing and all powerful, not you know, not completely omnipotent, but at the point where for at least a few days he was questioning his his status as a god, why can't he just clear the road of whatever nail or whatever it is they drove over that gave him the flat tire? Well, he would. That would be take a lot of detective work there because who knows where they drove over it? <laughs> it could have driven over it, ah. you know, fifty miles before they got to town, and it finally bit the dust. Or it could just be a couple feet up. Now, I guess if he pulled the flat tire and then right. examined it for damage, <laughs> he could maybe do a forensic analysis of the oh of the God. puncturing object yeah. and try to determine yeah. where it came from. But that's going to take him at least, um, I don't know, a hundred right. days of work. I think. <laughs> <laughs> See that's all yeah. That do you want to spend all that time just <laughs> yeah. to do the, one small good the deed? The irony yeah. is the director's was... cut is, is a ten year. <laughs> yeah, the director's cut yeah. is just a box full of DVDs that here just keep watching. So maybe that was maybe that was his plan. Is all right. One time I'll I'll have the jack and the tire, and I'll take the old tire, and I can yeah. figure out what what causes the flat tire. I can. You know, maybe they drove past a construction site and there was nails and stuff. And then and then this is it. This is the last day. Yeah. The loop ends and he never gets a chance to finish his detective work. That's that's a that's a good idea. It goes back to my idea of him trying a bunch of different helpful tasks is that uh, you don't know all the other different things he's tried or, or tried to fix or, or helped out with. Uh, you're just seeing one of them for this day. And so, yeah, maybe towards his last day. And he also doesn't really know it's his last day. Right. You know, he's 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 hoping, like I said earlier in the tree, he says, maybe I'll see you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think that's it. I actually like that. I actually like that. Him actually thinking that maybe, yeah, maybe I'll be out of it. Like, you, like, you feel like. No, see, that's not what I thought he was saying there. What I oh, thought he was really? saying there was you're a little butthead because you didn't thank me. So <laughs> I'm not going to be back tomorrow and you can break your leg. Yeah, that's the way I interpret it. Yeah. Yeah, that he'll just, you know what? I can, you know, I've got other people I could be saving or other things I should be doing or uh, other cigarettes this, this I could be lighting. This your worldview, though, guys. This is your optimism and uh, that he's going to get out of there. And for me, it's more like he's saying, screw you, little kid. 
Yeah. Oh, jeez. You know, coming from a dad, too, that's just really disheartening. I'd I'd rather look for a nail than save your leg. Save your leg. No, I read. I read it in the tone. I I saw him the way uh, the way he says maybe. It's kind of. uh, It's not like yeah, maybe. You know, if you don't kill yourself before tomorrow happens again. It's a classic Bill Murray. Maybe with a hidden fu in it. That's what it is. Yeah. No, that's the see. That's now you're going. Whole, now you're going to my point about the cynicism. His whole career. Yeah. Well, that's what, no. That's yeah. what I was saying that's earlier in a previous minute. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like you, you know, when, especially he and Chris Elliott. When you look at them, you get that cynicism that is transferred over from their other roles and their persona in public. But um, I, I would urge you to watch that minute again and and see the hopeful tone that I picked I've up listened on. Listen to it uh, uh, five times just since we've been. <laughs> yeah, all right. Then, then you're just <laughs> well. Then you're just uh, you know you're you're just uh, cynical. Yeah. I would say. So but no, I read into it. The I totally read into it the opposite. Where he's it, it's. Seems very, um, it's it's hopeful. It's it's kind of joyous. It's like uh, you know he's he's seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. So you think he's saying maybe because he thinks he's going to be getting out of his loop? Yes, that that goes to my my entire theory. Well, I just couldn't disagree more. <laughs> there's no way I couldn't be any more on the opposite end of this. Yeah, there's there's the hopeful uh. way in which he says, "You little brat." Yeah, the hopeful, optimistic way he calls the kid. <laughs> no, that's, uh... his implication is, you know, of course, I'm going to come back tomorrow and save you, but you're a jerk. You know, yeah. that's what he's saying. I think, in my opinion. Yeah, but that's uh, the when he says that it's uh, he says, you know, what do you say, you little brat? You've never thanked me. I'll see you tomorrow, maybe. maybe. Um, that's yeah, not how. That's I... absolutely not how he says it. What you just did, not it at all. No, yeah, oh, he says you have see? never thanked me. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, but he's obviously joking. It's because we know he doesn't really want the thank you. He knows he's not going to get it. I'll see you it. tomorrow, I... maybe. Maybe. And he goes, you have never thanked me, but I'll see you tomorrow, maybe. It's the the case. Oh no, you, no, no! You're putting it. You're putting too much. Uh, yeah, you're putting way too much sarcasm into it. I just <laughs> I listen think. to it. I'm listening to it in my head no, as I read that. To you. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't count. Uh, I discount your your re-listening. Then <laughs> well, I think you're, it's just the way you see it. I, I think you, you just for some reason, odd reason, you're usually the more optimistic uh, person out of the two of us. I'm but you're being you, very pessimistic. He, now. he is not envisioning getting out of his loop here. No matter how you read the line, in my opinion, right. I don't think he's. I don't think he is aware in this film of his journey coming to a close until it does the morning that he wakes up and acts. Right. Yeah. And I. That's my. That's my big observation. Well, and you're and you're right. See, well, see uh, uh, I'm right. Yeah, well, just to put it in, in the larger context is I think it's very important to the movie that Phil doesn't know why this is happening and he doesn't know what's going to stop it. Because if it's right. if he sure. you know, if he knows if there's just some kind of secret combination, well, that's cynical to, to if he you know, if we think that Phil thinks. I just need to line up. I need to get enough brownie points. I need to line up enough good deeds, and then I earn my way out of this loop. I think that's very cynical. I think it's more optimistic to say, "Yeah, he's changing as a human because he's experiencing the same day over and over, and he's growing as a human being, not because yeah. he thinks it's going to control the loop that he's trapped." Right. He's in the end. He's got to do these good deeds just for the sake, good for the sake of good. Just for this, without the promise of a reward, that there, you know, there's, there's no reason for him to believe 
that he's ever going to get thanked for any of this. You know, even, you know, and, you know, he gets an appreciation from the women when he changes their tire and, and, and Buster and his wife are going to come up to him later in the groundhog ball. So he gets, he gets literal thanks in that respect. But in the larger sense, there's no promise of a payoff. There's nothing that leads Phil to believe if I become a good person, you know, this is happening because I'm not good. And if I become good, it'll stop happening. No one says that there's no gypsy that's putting a curse on him. There's no one. Yeah, there's no one saying this is what you need to do and then it will end. So when he's catching the kid, I I agree. I I believe that he doesn't think, oh, I won't be here tomorrow because the loop will stop happening. Well, if the loop stops happening, then the kid isn't unless the kid climbs up the same tree, you know, is going to keep climbing up the tree until he breaks his leg. And then then the kid's an idiot and deserves to get a broken leg. Well, of course, that begs the, the, the larger question. The larger picture question, too, of whether or not every day is looping somewhere, and it's just a question of whether you get caught. Or what do you mean, right. like, uh, uh, right. like whether, even metaphysically? When, yeah, even when he gets out of the day, maybe all days happen over and over and over, and you just your consciousness moves, or your perception of a particular individual copy of your consciousness moves through these days as though they're one single day. But it's it's kind of like the whole Einstein idea that all time happens at once and. It's only linear because that's how we need it to be to perceive it as human beings. Oh, well, that's yeah, we've talked about that. But it's also uh, it's also uh, Buddhist uh, thinking that there is no beginning or end. It's all now. There's no there's no past. That's really hard for us to, to conceptualize because that's not how our lives unfold. But that's the, the greater thinking. But to that earlier point, I would say. I, I, you know, following the logic of Phil and and his personality and and anyone really is that you would want to get out of that. Um, yes, he's been able to improve himself at this point, and he's doing good deeds. But even then, you would want to get out of that because it would be maddening. It's like you're talking about the edge of tomorrow. Um, you know, the one thing I thought it's like, man, Tom Cruise has got to keep dying in awful ways. <laughs> until he figures this out but every time he starts that it has to it has to unfold the same exact way uh with a different you know with a different scenario until he learns and you know it, it, again he knows when to roll under the truck at the right moment to to escape all these things have to happen precisely but the, the process of that would drive you insane and so I, I can only imagine that Bill Murray, uh, Phil, wants to get out of this loop. Well, of course, and that, he wants yeah, to get he's, out of it. Not, not to, well, that's what I'm saying is that he's he's not doing it anymore to be cynical. Like there's some reward if he does these, if these deeds, as we said before, the deeds are you know have value in and of themselves. But it's also you know he he doesn't know when this is going to end. But I can only imagine that he he at some point wants this to end. And he's already tried killing the groundhog. He's tried killing himself. Uh, none of it's worked. So, you know, I, I guess I would st- I still see some hope there that uh, he's doing something right. Uh, because I think overall you can assume that he knows that he has to do something right. That if he wants, if there's any hope at all to get out of this, he's doing something wrong, has been doing something wrong. And this is a lesson to him to try and do something right to to get out of this. Anyway, that's just that's my logic uh, uh, transferred from from Phil is that he wants us to end at some point, even though it turns out to be a nice day. But it's maddening. 
No, see, if this was our show, that would be the outline. You guys would just, we would do up the theme. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. do, 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 Yes. <clears throat> Forrest always nails those, like, wrap-up lines. They just I just, come, well, come I, I just, like I, I, my, yeah. My point is to rabble as so long that Scott gets really bored, and he just said, okay, that's good. That's a good outline. We'll just, we'll just stop there. That's fine. You can stop talking. Stop talking. Uh Okay, and and then he has to do the outro. Right. But no, that's anyway. So that's that's my that's my point too. Is that um, see, this is what happens when you let him keep going. Yeah, keep going. To finalize my point, <laughs> there is a not a rationalization. There is a enlightenment. There you go. Right. And that's the whole point of the movie: enlightenment. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's a good place to to leave off for for today for minute eighty three. See, you're doing it too. That's... <laughs> I'm we, just, we've I'm had just trying to get out we've of just, this. Day, he's yeah. got to stop talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I've got some errands I need to run, but uh, I'll take a rain check. Yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess not. Not to cut you guys off. So, if, if you, do you have anything more for for minute eighty three, or you know, Dave, anything else to add? I've said my piece. Yeah, no, I just, I just, I like it that when he's doing the the Jack, he's he's smiling, he's he's actually excited to yeah. do it. I think that was that was my last little thing is that he was very excited to do it, and the music feels more, we're getting closer to almost a superhero theme. So yeah, that's, I'm very excited to see what we see in the in the following days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, um, <laughs> all right. Well, so so. Uh, uh, Forrest and Scott, once again, we want to thank you for joining us. And once again, let our listeners know, where can they find you? Where can they hear more of, of your great insight? Um, Astonishing Legend, great insight. I don't know about that. But Astonishing Legends can be found <laughs> anywhere you can find podcasts. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, uh, the Internet. Um, iTunes. Jump, Let's jump not drives, forget iTunes. Dark alleys. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, we have our own website. Yes. AstonishingLegends.com. AstonishingLegends.com. Right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, where else? Anything, uh, Scott, any kind of weird places uh, you wouldn't... Uh, YouTube, are we still uh, posting audio uh, to YouTube? Are, I... No, we never have done that, but lots of <laughs> oh, people... Oh, that's other people pirating us. They, yes, yeah, they that's steal right. our show, then they post us to YouTube, and then they take the ad revenue. So I guess we should start posting it mm. ourselves. But, uh, <laughs> Jeez, yeah, nice. but that's that's it. Um, those, that's everywhere you can find us. Thank you very much. Uh, and that, that that is it for us. And we like to thank the listeners. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, really go at it today. Uh, and oh, we will yeah. see you tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Forrest, any last lines? Uh, no, thank you so much for having us on. It's uh, it's a blast. I can't wait for Minute 84. Minute 84. Thank you. And we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Your hair's too long